You are listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. I'm your host, Marie. From my desk to yours, we're building bridges across Cisco and across CX Americas. Join me as we strengthen proximity, amplify voices, and have a great time. Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and let's get into it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Desk to Desk podcast. Today, we're getting up close and personal with women from across CX to discuss the experiences of expecting mothers in the workplace, as well as touch on a cause near and dear to many of our hearts, March of Dimes and maternal health. Joining me today are a couple of lovely powerhouse women and mothers, including Monica Cadle. She is a senior director of digital experience based out of California and is also a mother to four, including triplets. We're also joined by Christelle Mambo Ziga. She is also based out of California and works as a customer success regional lead in the Americas. She's a wife and mother to two beautiful black daughters and is a self-published children's book author. As an expecting mother myself, I'm thankful that these women are joining us today and am selfishly thrilled for the chance to hear from this group. Stay tuned to the very end where we will also get to hear from one of our partners at March of Dimes. Let's jump right into it. Monica, I'd like to start with you, and I've heard that you are a mom of triplets. Can you walk us through a little bit about what your journey to motherhood was like? Yes, I am a mother of triplets. I'm a mother of four, so I have one. Um, I have one, a 15-year-old, and then two years later, I had triplets. So I have triplet 13-year-olds. Um, my journey to motherhood was... Um, not without incident. I So I've worked um, in the technology industry for my entire career and I have always been a full-time, um, I, I had always worked full-time in like the technology, usually at that point, technology marketing arena. Um, and I had, when we decided to have kids, uh, I sort of thought that it would come easy. It did not come as easy as I thought it would. Um, we faced infertility challenges right out the gate, even with the first, my first child, but we were eventually able to have, to have a baby. So we had a baby. It was great. Went back to work, um, here at Cisco and I had great support from my managers and the company and all of that with maternity leave and return to work. And then when it was time to have, <laughs> when I wanted to have, go back and have another baby ended up with three more. So went from having one kid to four in one fell swoop. And um, it was definitely a lot, but it was, you know, it has turned out to be wonderful. And uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty, I would say, eventful journey to motherhood. I did return to work after my maternity leave from the triplets. Um, I was lucky to be able to take advantage of a flexible work program here and go to part-time for the next year. And, um, and then went back to full-time after that. So yeah, that's a little bit of what it was like. Something that I hear from a lot of moms is that that flexibility, that opportunity to stay flexible with your employer or just with whatever you are pursuing at that time makes a big difference in, in being able to jump back into work, jump back into other pursuits. We're also joined today by Christelle. Christelle, Thank you so much for being here. Can you share what your uh, journey to motherhood and what your pregnancies were like? 
Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, first of all. So like uh, like Monica, I, I also had both of my pregnancies while working in the tech industry at Cisco. And I must say that I had two totally different experiences between the first and the second uh, child. So to be completely honest and transparent, I didn't necessarily get uh, the support that I needed by my manager, uh, and I, I really want to en to emphasize on the fact that it was really by my manager and not necessarily necessarily by the company uh, with the first one. Uh, but with the second kid, I had an amazing experience with the second manager and my team. Um, so, you know, make, making sure that you are supported, that you are being given the right level of flexibility, like Monica was saying, is very important. I know that um, before getting pregnant, I was suffering from fibroids, um, so I had to go through two surgeries just before being able to get pregnant for the first pregnancy to, to get my fibroids being removed. So I went to, um, to myomectomy and I got pregnant less than a year later, this surgery. So I went through between my two pregnancies, knowing that the first uh, one is now six and the baby, she's not a baby anymore, but I still say that she's a baby and she's three. I went through five surgeries in total just uh, to have my two daughters. Um, and when I needed the most flexibility from my employer during the first one, this is not necessarily what happened. And uh, something that you might not know, uh, even though I still have an accent, um, I'm from France, so moving to the U.S., I didn't know, I didn't know that the U.S. is until and still today the most dangerous developed country in which to give birth and that the odds are even worse for black women. So moving to the U.S., I didn't, I didn't know that, I didn't have that uh, information or that context, um, and I didn't know that I should have been potentially even more supported just looking at the data. And when you look at the, the maternal mortality rate for black women, it nearly doubled from 2018 to 2021. And just looking at some new reports, we also note significant racial disparities in the nation's maternal death rate. In, in 21, the rate for black women was 69 Point nine deaths per 100,000 live uh, uh, live births, which is 2.6 times the rate for white women at 26.6 per 100,000. And you also, when you read some reports, you also see that infants born to women of color are at higher risk for mortality compared to those born to white women. And the reasons are multiple. Um, I was talking about 2018 versus 2021, and obviously something happened, which was the pandemic aftermath. And the virus itself was a significant factor, but also the isolation and the decreased access to healthcare also negatively impacted pregnant people and pregnant uh, black women, adding to healthcare inequities that we are all aware of and which were also even more um, significant during the pandemic, food and housing insecurity, and last but not least, systemic racism, where women's pain is often ignored by gender and racially biased care practitioners. All those different elements uh, are still contributing today to uh, significant differences 
um, in uh, the mortality rates, not only for pregnant women, but also for their infants. So those are data that I was not necessarily aware of, and I definitely would have expected much more support for the first pregnancy. Fortunately, we are all healthy. Um, you know, everything went very well at the end. I would say that it is very important for everyone to be aware of those data and to be aware of those racially uh, biased, you know, metrics and, and disparities to be able to support the women the way they need to be supported. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up that that information and and that data and and talking about support and currently in the United States, there are 6.9 million women who have little or no access to maternal health care. Um, and that comes from the March of Dimes organization, that information. And that is honestly mind boggling in, in 2023 that we still have millions of women who who don't have access to the care that they need for themselves and for their baby. And I'm so glad to hear that in your second pregnancy, you were more supported by your leadership. Can you talk about some of the actionable things that they did during your pregnancy that supported you and made you feel like you could rely on your team and, and on their support? Sure. So just giving me the ability, because I it, it was just a recommendation from my care practitioner um, to be able to work from home uh, from time to time. This is not something that I had uh, necessarily very easily with the first pregnancy, but which had to happen also with the second one, because during those two pregnancies, I had high-risk pregnancies. So I needed the right level of accommodation to make sure that I was, you know, resting, even though I was not on bed rest uh, and limiting, you know, all the all the transportation to the office and, and so on and so forth. So just just listening to the employees and also listening to the, the care practitioners who and listening to their recommendations to make sure that their pregnancies are as smooth and um, and safe as possible uh, are some of the, the level of supports that I managed to have with my second manager. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. That flexibility, again, going back to that uh that thing that Monica mentioned earlier, that, that flexibility of being able to work with the members of your team during that time, it, it can make all the difference, not only in their health, but in their ability to still show up in a meaningful way for their team. So Monica, I'll come back to you with the same question. In your pregnancies, were there ways that your leadership and your team members showed up for you? That if, if I'm a team member of someone who is currently expecting? How can I, as a leader or a teammate, how can I be supportive and how can I support them during their journey? Well, there definitely were, you know, there were ways that my company, my leader and my teammates were supportive of me. You know, for one, my company did offer uh, flexible work options and my manager was supportive of me taking them. And when I talked to my manager, when I was coming back from my maternity leave with the triplets, um, I, I approached it as kind of like a, Hey, I need to not be traveling and I need to not, because I, in my job at that time, I traveled quite a bit. So I was, uh, you know, my, my requirements were essentially, I need to be working less hours and I need to not be traveling for this period of time, or at least not be traveling at all a lot, you know? And, uh, my manager told me about the programs that Cisco offered so that I could look into them. So that was great. And also 
did not disparage me and was not, did not actually, I, I approached it as, so because I need this, I understand that my I might not be able to come back to the same job and you may need to essentially demote me. Like I, I didn't say that, but that was, I approached it in the sense of like, I don't know what my options are going to be here, but my manager was so supportive and really that did not end up needing to happen at all. Um, I was able to keep my, keep my role and work with my manager and my teammates so that we could have good solutions to making sure that the role was still covered adequately. So that was a phenomenal level of support. And then as far as my um, teammates went, it was just the, the sense of, you know, being supportive and not shaming me for needing to skip out of, you know, take a longer break during the meetings when I returned back to work because I needed to go, you know, pump or something like that and not asking for more information, just kind of giving me the privacy that I needed and being supportive. I think that also, you know, one of the things that someone had said to one of my managers during one of my pregnancies had said coming back was it's just, there's a lot of personal decisions that are made around someone's pregnancy. And I've heard stories about other women who have experienced something where they're trying to take a certain amount of leave or they're trying to set a certain boundary with work when they return and they might get someone who says, well, you don't need to do that. I mean, this other person only took this much time off or this other person only did this or that. And um, I think the best thing that we can all do when we have a team member that is going through, that is pregnant or has just had a baby is to remember that there are a lot of personal decisions that are up to that family to decide. And the way that one person does it is not the way that another person is going to do it. And we just need to be supportive of whatever that looks like to the parent. That's our job. So I think I, I did experience a good level of support and I'm really happy about that. And then I'm trying to pay it forward and do the same whenever I have any team members that are expanding their family. That support makes all the difference in, in mothers being able to be not only effective at their job, but effective as mothers, which is their number one job, right? So no, that's that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Chriselle, I'm gonna come to you with another question. What advice would you give to women? And I'm I'm asking this question a little bit selfishly as an expecting mom myself. What would advice would you give to women who are expecting and and how they're navigating this chapter in their career? That's a very interesting and important question. I would say that you and your baby become the priority. Uh, so as Monica was saying, it's the decisions that you're going to be making between yourself and your significant other, um, those are going to be very personal decisions. And you and your baby become the priority when it comes to motherhood. At least that's what I believe. So you have to make sure that you take the time that you need to focus on yourself and to focus on your child and to focus on your family and that you get the right support system from your company, including your manager and your colleagues and peers, um, and above all, from your loved ones. So I see a career journey as multiple seasons, and there are seasons where you know, it's all about work and there are seasons where it's more about you and the little human beings that you, which is growing, um, you know, within you. Um, and I would definitely recommend mothers to really try as much as they can to focus on themselves. 
because not only pregnancy is still very dangerous and and as much as that's something which has been happening for thousands and thousands of years it, it can be still a very dangerous journey then you have to also realize that there there is also, there are aftermaths after your pregnancy and i know that because of how my first pregnancy was handled i went through a um a depression after giving birth because of all the trauma that i had endured because of all the pushback that i had endured um so really taking care of yourself and having the right level of the right level of support system uh from your closed ones is going to be very important and i was very ambitious as a professional and i'm still very ambitious as a professional um but something that i realized what that it was just the, the time that i needed to take for myself and from and for my my baby so that's the advice that i would so share. right there's so many decisions i i never thought that i would be uh you know having opinions about uh, certain things related to you know pregnancy or childbirth and things like this so it's all it's all new and and exciting and and uh yes there's lots of um new priorities and and thoughts so uh, monica i'm going to come to you with another question just about motherhood in general do you have a a golden rule or a rule of thumb that you live by uh, overarching in your motherhood your motherhood i would say you know one of the things that i realized when i became a mother like i was and i don't know if you're going through this right now marie but um i was worrying about a lot of things and like making the right decisions and doing the right things and I learned to trust myself. I learned that I do know the right thing to do for my family, my baby, myself. Um, and I really just need to trust those instincts. Um, they really do kick in. And um, and you do know the right thing to do for your family. And even if that is just seeking help for one thing or one thing or another. So I think trusting yourself and your instincts are one of the that's one of the the golden rules I would tell any new mom um, or any new parent, frankly, mom or dad. And, you know, there's just so many opinions that are going to come your way, but the more, the most important thing is doing what's right for your baby. I think there are lots of right ways to raise a child. And, um, so it's great that there's, you know, you're going to hear everyone's opinion and, and that's nice. It's good to get input, but there are a lot of right ways to do it. So it's, it's not only one thing and trust, trust your gut. That's definitely reassuring to, to hear that it will kick in. It's hard to not second guess of myself sometimes for sure so we we are fortunate enough today to be joined by our by one of our partners at march of dimes we've heard throughout this conversation it is still a very vulnerable time for women to be pregnant the maternal mortality rate and the infant death rate they have climbed over the last few years they are not declining and cisco is a, a partner with march of dimes we're fortunate to have them with us uh, Monica, would you do us the honor of introducing our March of Dimes partner? Yes, of course, I would love to. So I'm honored to partner with March of Dimes. Um, they're a nonprofit organization in the U.S. And we're working with March of Dimes to, um, you know, protect moms and babies and parents and babies everywhere. And I've been so impressed with the work that March of Dimes does. It's a great organization to be partnering with. And we have today with us the director of corporate engagement, Victoria Stamps. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you for joining us. 
Yes, thank you for having me. And, you know, as a new mom myself, this conversation has resonated with me a lot. I mean, I am navigating all of those challenges as I enter back into the workforce currently. And, you know, the transition has been far more challenging than I ever thought it would be. But as everyone has said on this call, the support of your team has made a huge difference and impact and being able to feel comfortable and flexible as you rejoin and you know start kind of making that transition again. So thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, Victoria. Can you talk to us a little bit about the work that March of Dimes is doing and how we can get involved? Sure. So, I mean, Christelle so beautifully shared so many of the statistics that we are seeing today. And, you know, it is just it's alarming to come across this data and these numbers. And we often get asked why, you know, what what's contributing to these numbers? And I think that as we continue to track measures in place across our country, it really helps us evaluate and address maternal deaths and just for more work um, needing to be done to better understand what is affected by maternal mortality and the circumstances of, of those deaths. And as Christelle said, it's, it's multifaceted, right? It is not just clinical, but it is social and it is very much so cultural and you know health equity has a huge play in what these statistics and what these numbers are showing us so you know at march of dimes we really try to provide support for all families you know as this crisis becomes more dire for those most at risk we're trying to address these causes with real action so combating the long-standing healthcare disparities by providing things like implicit bias training to healthcare providers advocating for blanket change to ensure that all women have access to that quality and culturally appropriate care during, before, and after pregnancy, because as we said as well, it's not just before or during your pregnancy, but it's what happens after also. So all of those things are, you know, things that March of Dimes are currently working on. That's fantastic. And so glad to be partnering with an organization like March of Dimes where pregnant uh, mothers and babies and, and families can receive the care that they need. So if I, for our audience, if I am listening and I want to get involved with the work that March of Dimes is doing, what can I do to support March of Dimes? Well, if you are a an employee of Cisco, Monica and Nicole have been really fantastic representatives and ambassadors of our mission. They do so much work in raising awareness by starting teams through our March for Babies campaign, which is happening now. We also have volunteer opportunities on our board of directors where you know we really utilize your voice and your insights to help guide the strategic priorities of our mission here in the area and across the nation, as well as joining us in conversation to spread awareness. I know that you know, sometimes we'll do things like social media campaigns, and I apologize, my babies are in the background just chit-chatting right now, um, but we'll do things like social media campaigns that uh, provide awareness and action for our audience, as well as joining our action network, which helps us really drive legislation to support the health of moms and babies. And I'll just I'll just give a plug 
join a local walk. They are happening all over the country and just put the name Cisco in your um, profile somewhere and we'll pull you in and we will join hands and walk with you. Perfect. I love it. We're we're coming into spring. We're going to be outside. It's going to be good weather. We're going to be walking. So find your local March of Dimes walk. And again, Victoria, thank you for uh, sharing about March of Dimes work and how we can uh, work together. Glad to be partnering with you. Absolutely. Thank you all again for having me. And I, I cannot express enough just how grateful we are for our partnership with Cisco. You all have been really, really incredible ambassadors and advocates for our mission. And we are so thrilled to continue to drive forward these efforts together. I'd like to share another big thank you to our guests today for joining us. Thank you to Christelle and Monica and Victoria for joining us on the podcast today. I hope that by these women sharing their stories and being willing to be vulnerable, that other expecting mothers will feel validated and supported in their journeys as well. For more information, check out the links in our show notes. And as always, thank you for listening to the CX America's Desk to Desk podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's program. Tune in next time as we continue to build bridges and create meaningful connection. From my desk to yours, I hope to see you back soon.